Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast. So, um, thank you for supporting uh, the girls, uh, ladies, young ladies, who came out last year. They were amazing. They had an amazing time, and they really uh, helped M10 Missions to benefit uh, from their input. Uh, M10 Missions, for those of you who don't know, and I don't think there's hardly anybody in here who doesn't know, but just in case, is a charity with uh, Christian-based values that the idea behind it is Uh, uh, reaching 16 to 25-year-olds. Our target age group is 16 to 18-year-olds. And the idea is for them to be able to experience the work of God um, in a a situation uh, that requires um, help for those living in in poverty. Um, But at the same time, an opportunity for them to be able to get something on their personal statement or on their CV that helps them for their future life, whether that be university or, for, or employment or whatever the case may be. Um, so M10 Mission's running really well at the moment. This year we've got 48 uh, going out to Mexico. Uh, we're, doing a, we're looking to do a trip in 2017 to Costa Rica. So at the end of February, uh, Sam, who's just at the back, and myself uh, going to do a scout, scouting trip. Um, in San Jose in Costa Rica to see whether it's possible to take a team uh, in 2017. Uh, We hope to take a team to Brazil as well um, in 2017, so you can see that the whole whole thing is growing um, nicely, um, God willing. Okay, so scripture this morning. If you have a Bible at all, we are looking at somebody who um, you may or may not have heard of. I would say he's like one of those places um, in the country where if you know it, you know how to get there. You know, um, he's, he's one of those people who you just never, ever hear about unless somebody specifically is talking about him. Now you're looking at me as if to say, Stephen, what are you going on about? Okay, 2 Samuel chapter 9, if you have a Bible. This, to me, is a fascinating, fascinating story. Um, 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. David asked, Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Always helps to have glasses, doesn't it? And now, there was a servant of Saul's household named Zeba. They called him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? Your servant, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in both feet. Anybody have any idea who this story is about? Mephibosheth. Yeah, that's right. Mephibosheth, that's right. Where is he, the king asked. Zeba answered, he is at the house of Machir, son of Amiel, in Lodibar. 
So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Machir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honour. David said, Mephibosheth, don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you the kind for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the lands that belong to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now, this morning, what I want to speak to you about is a title that states, Your now is not forever. Your now is not forever. Because there is always, always the grace of God. Your now is not forever because there is always the grace of God. What you see at present is not going to be forever. What you are in at present is not going to be forever because there is always the grace of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love him. What God has in store for you, you have no idea about. You could even state you haven't seen anything yet. You may feel like you've come to a point in your life where you've seen it all, you've experienced it all, you've heard it all, but according to that particular verse, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for you. That's fantastic news, isn't it? That's great. Your now is not forever. Now, this story of Mephibosheth needs a bit of background. He was the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, king of Israel. Israel was at war, and Mephibosheth, as a baby, was being cared for by his nurse. The nurse wanted to get Mephibosheth out of the situation, and so picked him up and fleed, ran. While she was running, she tripped and dropped the baby, crippling him in both legs. This baby was in line for the throne. However, David had already been anointed king by Samuel. You know that story, yeah? Both Saul and Jonathan had been killed. Mephibosheth is being looked after in a land called Lodibar. Now, one day, as we read in this part, David recalls a conversation that he had years ago with Jonathan about making sure that his family would be kept right. So there was a point where Saul was after David. David was fearing for his life. Jonathan said, look, I'll try and get you out of the situation, but what you must promise me is that you will look after my family for as long as you are alive. And David says, I will surely keep that promise. So then, uh, like I say, Jonathan killed, uh, Saul killed 
David, sitting on his throne, randomly asked the question, one day, is there no one left in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for the sake of Jonathan? Now, that word kindness, you need to have in the back of your mind, the Hebrew word for kindness is actually uh, a word chesed, C-H-E-S-E-D, which actually means grace. So what, Jonathan, what uh, David is asking is, is there no one left of the house of Saul to whom I can show grace? To whom I can show the favor of God? Keep that in the back of your mind. He, uh, he asked his, um, his, uh, his, his people, and nobody knows, so he asked Zeba, and Zeba answers saying, yeah, there is somebody, but he's crippled in both feet. Both feet. Zeba, Zyba, however you pronounce his name, has ulterior motives to the king. However, the king summons Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth comes expecting death. He comes to the king. The king tells him that he's going to give him what is due and allow him to eat at the king's table for the rest of his days. Bizarrely, Mephibosheth asks the king, what do you want with a dead dog like me? The king doesn't answer. Now, I want to pick up on a few things. I want to pose to you this question first. What do you do when you're vulnerable and in a situation you have no control over and the situation doesn't look like it's going to get any better? What do you do when you're actually in that place? Now, I I reckon that many of us in here have been in that place before, where it just looks bleak, where it's like this past week, it just keeps on raining. It just, you know, there is no sunshine, and it doesn't look like any sunshine is coming. <clears throat> I'm tired of the rain, <laughs> honestly. I'm tired of it. Anyhow, what do you do when you're in that situation? You're feeling vulnerable, you're, you've got no control on the situation, and you just, there's, there's no great outlook at all. Mephibosheth was living in a place called Lodibar. Lodibar, the name for Lodibar is actually, actually means a place of no growth. Nothing happens there. It's like a stagnant pool. Absolutely no growth, no nothing. How many times have you found in your Christian walk that you are in a place where nothing is, is alive, nothing's coming forth? It's just like, really, is this it? Is this the sum total of my life? Is, is that it? What do you do when you're in that place? Do you know what you do when you're in that place? When you're in that place, you have to come to a point of believing that your now is not forever. Because there is always, always, always the grace of God. Always. It may look like nothing is going to happen for you. And for Mephibosheth, living in that place, nothing, it it didn't appear like anything was happening for him. He was crippled in both legs. It's like he was on death row. It's like there's no way out of this at all. And then all of a sudden, he's summoned by the king. Great, 
actually not great at all. Why is it not great? Because he was a child of Jonathan, who was a child of Saul, the king before David. Now, usually the the tradition would be is that when the next king took over, if there was any family members left from from the previous royalty, they would just be wiped out. So when Mephibosheth gets this call from King David, he's thinking to himself, that's it, my life's over. So it's looking even more bleak than it looked before. This ain't great. So he goes to the king, and when he's there, the king is excited to see him. And I think this probably throws Mephibosheth a bit, because on the one hand, he's expecting his head to be chopped off, but then on the other hand, what is happening is that the king is, is, is glad to see that there is a son of Jonathan there in his presence. How many times have you been in a situation where you feel like the worst is about to happen and in actual fact, God has turned it? God has turned that situation right round. One of the families that we built a house for uh, last year, it wasn't a family actually, it was a couple. That particular couple had spent however long, about six years raising money, raising money, saving money, saving this was their life savings, $6,000 because there was somebody in America who promised them a mobile home. They said to them, if you send us this $6,000, we will bring to you a mobile home. They were really, really excited. So they saved it, they sent it, they never heard from that person again. They were absolutely mortified. As you can imagine, I mean, $6,000, yes, it's a lot of money, on the other hand, for a house, for, you know, it's really not a lot of money, but for them, living in poverty, it was a lot and a lot of money. However, however, God has a way of working things that cause grace to be the triumphant story. And what happened was, I'm going to tell you this story really, really quickly. The year before, I don't know if you remember Tammy and Drew, who used to run a church in Newcastle. um, uh, It was in the center of Newcastle anyway. Quickly go through the story. So, they moved out to uh, California and then moved down to uh, Mexico, to Ensenada, to a place working for a particular charity that works with uh, disabled children and adults. Uh, One day, uh, they were in Ensenada in a coffee shop, and our company secretary, her daughter, and somebody else with their daughter, little baby daughter, were in this coffee shop, random coffee shop in Ensenada. There's not a lot of coffee shops in Ensenada, but (laughs) there you go. Random coffee shop. And um, uh, our company secretary, her name's Jane, her daughter, Libby, they're having a conversation, and they're talking about the baby. Uh, Tammy's in this coffee shop. She overhears an English accent, uh, uh, a British accent. So she turns around, starts chin-wagging, and that... Uh, like they do, and whilst they're chin-wagging and stuff, Jane says to, says to Tammy, oh yeah, we've got a team over from Newcastle. Tammy's like, 
no way. I used to work in Newcastle. I used to live in Newcastle. Tell me more. Cut a long story short. They come over to the base, meet the rest of the team, meet me. I'm like, Tammy, what are you doing here? This is unreal. We get talking about possibly the following year, which was this year. You with me still? Yeah? Uh, about uh, uh, coming and doing some work at her place. And I said, well, really, our unique selling point with young people is building houses. And she said, well, there is a couple who we would really love to build a house for. I'm like, right, okay. Um, well, I'll go back, I'll take the idea to my board, and we'll have a, a bit of discussion and stuff. Okay, so come back to England. Me and Tammy via Facebook are uh, conferencing and and that kind of thing. And then um, we have, um, I have a conversation with my board about going to this other place in Ensenada, taking a team there, building a house. The board says, yes, let's go for it, but we need to get Homes of Hope, the charity that we work for with YWAM, to go up there to see whether it's viable. Okay, I talk to Homes of Hope. They're really, really excited. Not. They're saying, like, it's miles away, don't know whether it's possible. Anyhow, we'll go and check it out because you're asking us to do it. Fine. So they go and check it out. On the day that they go to check it out is the same day that this couple have told Tammy and Drew that they've lost all of their money. On the same day. So then Tammy is able to say to them, these people that are checking out this area of land are bringing a team next year to build a house for you for free. That's the grace of God. They expected and they thought that their life was completely done away with, but the grace of God came into play and said, actually, I've got the victory here. Your now is not forever because there's always the grace of God. You can always rely on the grace of God. Back to the story. So, uh, David is promising with Mephibosheth that, you know, you will always eat at my table forever. There was nothing about Mephibosheth that he should eat at the king's table. He wasn't a warrior. He was crippled in both feet. He wasn't like a really wise guy. He had been living in low debar, no growth, no nothing. Nothing going for him. But because a promise was made and a promise was fulfilled, grace was extended to Mephibosheth. But then Mephibosheth says something really, really interesting. After he's heard this news from the king, he bows down to the king and he says this. Can I just ask you a question? What would you want with a dead dog like me? What? You've just been promised... <laughs> riches for the rest of your days and you're asking the king that question? I think that the reason why he asked that question was because he had accepted the state that he was in and he couldn't get out of that mindset of I'm worthless, 
I'm no good. I'm from a land of no growth. Nothing good is ever going to come of my life. Friends, this morning, I want to say to you, there is a massive difference between accepting that you are in a position of, uh, of, of, stagnant, of stagnant, of no movement, of n- no growth, and acknowledgement of that. Let me explain what I mean. See, when we accept that we are in a place where nothing is happening, we respond to nothing is happening. When we are in a place of acknowledging nothing is happening, we're still able to step out of that nothing is happening and look towards the king and accept what he is saying about our predicament. New Testament, the woman who had been bleeding for years, you know the story, For years, she was in that particular state. She had accepted that that's the way things were until she saw Jesus. And it turned from acceptance to acknowledgement. This is the way it is. But if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be clean. Sometimes what we do is we make our own situation a lot worse by believing this is what it's always going to be. There's no use pretending. You know, when we acknowledge something, it's not that we're pretending that, oh, it's not really happening. Oh, my financial status is shocking, but actually, I'm really, really rich. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, Jesus says, the Bible says, I will always eat at the king's table. If that is the truth, if you are Christian and you believe that to be true, then live in that acknowledgement. Live in that acknowledgement. It may not look great now. It might not all come together now. But your now is not forever because there is always, always the grace of God. Always. The interesting thing about this story, over and above the whole grace thing that I see when I read it over and over again, is the name Mephibosheth actually means a dispeller of shame. How ironic (laughs) that somebody who was born to be a dispeller of shame lived the majority of his life in shame. But what it is, is that sometimes we can't do things for ourselves, but we need others to pull us out of that place that we're stuck in. So I want to come to you this morning, and I want to say, wherever you are at, wherever you might be at this year, because none of us know what's going to happen this year, wherever you might be at, we need... We need somebody with those eyes of vision, with that promise of God that they've taken hold of, to bring us out of that place. This is why church is so important. This is why I get frustrated with people who say, um, did you know, I don't need to go to church because I've got my own church and 
I'm my own type of Christian. Actually, no. Because we don't see everything. We don't understand everything. And what we need at times is people to pull us out of that place of acceptance into acknowledgement, into moving on. And that was the case for Mephibosheth. In a second, we're going to stand, we're going to pray. But I want you to consider that over this next year, it could be great for us, it could be horrible for us, it could be just another year. But your now is not forever because there is always the grace of God. Always. Whether it's your business, whether it's your family, whether, whatever it is, there is always the grace of God. Phil Yancey said, it's the best thing the church have got for the world, the grace of God. Okay, let's stand together. In your heart and in your mind, I just want you to um, repeat those words. My now is not forever. There is always the grace of God. My now is not forever. There is always the grace of God. My now is not forever. There is always the grace of God. Lord, I want to thank you for these people in front of me. I want to thank you that your grace is sufficient and is abundant for every single one of them. That they cannot step outside of the abundance of your grace. Regardless of the circumstance, situation that occurs around them, within them, there is always the grace of God. Lord, whatever they're looking at right now, whatever they're going to be looking at in months to come, Thank you, Lord, that there now is not forever because there is always the grace of God. Lord, I pray for their church weekends, for those of them that are going and for those that are not. Lord, I pray that they would walk in your grace. I pray, Lord, that they would pray in your grace. I pray, Lord, that they would, they would worship in your grace. Lord, I pray that there would be a real sense that they are in it together. Lord, I pray that real kindness would be shown to each other over that weekend. And Lord, I pray that they would be encouraged to know that there is always the grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Please be seated. <laughs> this is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about our church, please visit 
www.chowdean.org.uk. And please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes.